Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. It is now halfway through our observance of Lent. And being halfway through an event is, I think, a time to consider what we have done, what we need to do. We look both backwards and forwards. And I remember that as a young lad, and of course as a young man, at a time when the Lenten fast was much more rigorous than it is now, being halfway through Lent was a time of a, what I would call a modern celebration. It was on uh, that halfway mark on a Sunday that my mother would permit us to have a piece of chocolate. Although later, when I was in high school, I discovered that Sundays are never days of fast and abstinence, but my parents never told me about that as as a child. So I thought a chocolate on uh, Leitari Sunday is quite a treat. But we would examine how we have spent Lent and what we are looking forward to. Of course, the more rigorous fasting of the past, I think, this year has been substituted with the pandemic restrictions. There were times in the past months when I felt I was under house arrest. But now that I have received the vaccination, I'm feeling a little frisky. But then remembering that it is still Lent and still a call to fasting and prayer and almsgiving. We have to consider the time we've already spent And not only consider what we have done or what we've failed to do, but what have we learned? How has Lent deepened, for example, our spiritual life? Or our consideration of why we are here, where we are going? And it is an examination of what we may have learned or experienced that allows us to consider how better to spend the remainder For as Lent continues, the time of Lent seems to accelerate. And as the technicians might say, perhaps now it is time to make a mid-course correction if we, in fact, have not celebrated the Lent that we'd hoped to or ought to. Now, I think that in the first part of Lent, uh, the first couple of weeks, We have been encouraged to examine our own spiritual life. Where we are before God, within the life of Christ, and in examining our spiritual life, we hear that continuing need for conversion. The last day of our conversion journey will be, in fact, the last day of our life here on earth. There is that that continuous deepening and changing, a brighter illumination of the life uh, of of Christ, a a deeper sense of prayer, a wider listening and, and seeing of the Christian life before us. And you may notice that, though as we continued in Lent, the focus of the scripture readings slowly turn from 
examination of our spiritual life, that continuing need to conversion, to a preparation for the celebration of the Paschal Mystery, for a greater understanding of what that Paschal Mystery did and why it is fundamental to the Christian life, that mystery of the dying and rising of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as a preparation for celebrating this Paschal mystery in what we know as the Paschal Triduum, those three days of um, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday Vigil, are at the very heart of who we are as Catholics. And in order to participate as fully as we ought to, the readings for the next uh, week or so of Lent draw our attentions more directly to the meaning of Christ and our future in Christ. Who is this Christ? How did he appear among us? How did he teach? How did he live? How did he create disciples and what did he tell them? And I think that this year especially, when we celebrate the Paschal Triduum, of course, we celebrate the emergence of, uh, of the earth from winter into spring. Perhaps we can celebrate this year also as the emergence from pandemic living, an emergence from perhaps isolation, from a kind of, of almost fear to one of celebration of the body of Christ, of how that Christ event continues within the community of the Church. But yet, in order to celebrate that, we must be prepared to live the reality that the Paschal uh, Mystery teaches. Dying and living. Dying with Christ to all that offends God, to dying to darkness, dying to anything that is an obstacle to eternal life, and then rising with Christ to that new life, that brightness, that radiance of God's glory demonstrated in the risen Lord. So as we uh, celebrate this halfway through Lent, perhaps these points can be a part of our meditation. What we have already done, what we ought to do in the future, not only what is past, but what is coming. For all of our fasting is oriented toward the feasting of Easter. And our fasting, in fact, makes that feasting all the more joyous, but we have to be prepared for it. Also, in this week, on March 19th, we celebrate the Solemnity of St. Joseph, the foster father of the Lord and guardian of the Blessed Mother. St. Joseph is the patron of the Church. In fact, in a rather remarkable move, Pope St. John XXIII inserted the name of St. Joseph into the uh, Roman canon, the, what we know now as the first Eucharistic prayer. That's the first change that actually, I think, was made in centuries and when we look at St. Joseph, it's surprising. There's very little in sacred scripture that speaks of St. Joseph. 
He appears only in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. And in fact, there is not one recorded word that Joseph ever uttered. But yet, he has had throughout the history of the church an extraordinary attraction to the faithful. And and considering that fact of how little scriptural evidence there is of his life, how attractive a figure he became. In fact, all sorts of traditions and legends developed about St. Joseph in, in the years of the Church's life. But you look at that rather sparse but extremely rich evidence from sacred scripture. And St. Joseph teaches us something that I think is very important for our Lenten observance and our preparation for a celebration of the joy of Easter. First of all, St. Joseph is the exemplar of the fulfillment of the will of God. When he was told by an angel that the woman to whom he was betrothed was already with child by the Holy Spirit, and that he is going to be called uh, not only to wed uh, Mary, but to become protector of her and, and that child. He did not utter a word. He simply did it. And that willingness, that hearing the voice of God and immediately embracing it, makes St. Joseph a wonderful patron of our willingness to embrace our vocation. And I think it might be good in this Lent if part of our prayer is asking God to make clear our own particular vocation as we follow our Lord Jesus Christ and a willingness to embrace it. You know, every day when we say the Lord's Prayer, we say, Thy will be done. And so often we think of that and we think, well, Lord, this is exactly how I'd like to have it done in my life. But in fact, you know, it doesn't work that way. And sometimes our Lord calls us in surprising ways to a new vocation, as he did with St. Joseph, who, when he heard the voice, embraced that word. St. Joseph is also an extraordinary custodian of the Savior and a protector of the word. I remember a picture, and unfortunately I cannot find a reproduction of it, but it's a picture I saw in a small museum in Germany when I was studying there. It is a picture of St. Joseph with Mary and the child on their flight into Egypt. And it is a moment that they stopped and rested, and the picture shows Mary exhausted, leaning against a tree, her head thrown back, and the child loosely in her arm. And St. Joseph has his arm around Mary, both supporting her and Mary's arm with the child. But if you look at his eyes, he is not looking at the mother or child. He's looking around And he's expressing one of the great powers of the virtue of vigilance, of watchfulness. He had to watch, I think, 
or any danger to uh, the mother or the child, but he was also watching for an opportunity to further the good of that mother and child. And when we celebrate the Feast of St. Joseph, remember these things about the great patron of the Church and pray for his intercession of embracing our vocation with joy, of being a custodian of the Lord and the Lord's Word, and being vigilant, watching for those things that may harm our spiritual life, but also watching for those opportunities to express its joy and its goodness. To preserve what we have already received, to be watchful for dangers to it, and for opportunities to enhance it and to protect it. And in all things, following St. Joseph, we simply say, Thy will be done. St. Joseph, pray for us.